It's still 2020, and you're listening to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking, episode 85. Welcome. I'm your host, Susie Botello. If you thought that mobile filmmaking is just about learning to shoot video, buying gear, learning apps, and audio, well, you would be partially correct. When you engage with your audience, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of thousands, you're sharing your perspective. And it only takes a few seconds to either hook or lose your audience's attention. This is why story is everything. Not only do you captivate your audience's attention with a good story, but once you do that, you have the power to introduce a new perspective, a new way to look at something. And if you want them to keep it with them and even act on it, then you need to make them feel it because emotion is a big part of it. Our guest in this episode is Ant Pruitt. Ant is passionate about stories and he's a photographer, but also he can share a story with one image. Ant Pruitt is a master jack of all trades when it comes to multimedia. Ant is his own brand. He is a photographer, a digital artist, and much more. In this episode, you'll listen to his story on how his droid smartphone and they walk around the pond enlightened him. In a way, that lit the path to his future. Today, he's part of the team for Twit TV. His videos share insight in full detail to mastering photography and other media. And if you go to his website, anttruitt.com, that's A N T P R U I. Ant Pruitt, you will find some of his incredible work. So, if you're ready, let's begin this insightful and inspiring conversation with Ant Pruitt himself. got a special guest here. You may have heard of Ant Pruitt. And Ant is my guest here today coming at you from Northern California. Hi, Ant. Hey there, Miss Susie. How you be? I'm doing great. That's why you do call me Miss Susie, don't you, Mr. Ant? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I would like for our listeners to get to know a little bit about you. But before we do that, uh, talk, share a little bit with uh, our listeners about your connection with mobile phones. If you haven't heard of Ant uh, Pruitt before, just to let you guys know, he is the uh, jack of all trades. I call him Master Jack. <laughs> I can uh, live with that because I'm definitely not a guru. <laughs> um, and he is, uh, he's into 
he's not into. He's a pro in photography, uh, graphics design, audio, video, uh, more. Just I'll let you share uh, a little bit about that. But first of all, share with us. You know, I I lied earlier when I said I wanted you to talk about about the mobile stuff first. I'd rather you introduce yourself first, just for our audience's sake, so they know who they're listening to. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, I'll introduce myself. I am Ant Pruitt. I am a professional photographer, as well as a professional podcast host. I uh, do a lot of photography, video, and tutorials, and I also host a podcast for Twit. TV. My show is called Hands-On Photography, and as well as a couple other shows on the network, uh, Hands-On Wellness, This Week in Google, and uh, Hands-On Tech. Uh, just like we said, I, I dabble in a little bit of everything, um, and I think I do well enough in all of those fields, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a total badass at, at one thing in particular. <laughs> Even though I can tell you guys he is. <laughs> Actually, you're a badass on in every aspect of this stuff. I've been uh, watching. I've been uh, listening to to the podcast uh, for for a while, and it's actually uh, the the one <laughs> the uh, twit the what is it called twit tech something twit like that. TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when I first listened to that, I was like. Well, you know what? I'm getting in bed for this one. It's two and a half hours or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We do have some long form shows on the network. The Twit TV is a podcast network that has, man, I don't even know how many shows we have. I think there's about 20 shows. Gosh, um, I would say about 700 or something. That, that we broadcast throughout <laughs> the week. And some of them are long form shows. Some of them are roundtable discussions that last about two hours once a week. Uh, then there's other shows that are uh, just an hour long. And then there's shows like mine that are the quick hitter shows, air quotes, quick hitters, where mm-hmm. I take up about 10 to 15 minutes of your time. Unless I get long winded, I have mm-hmm. gone for 45 minutes, but I try to keep them short and sweet, something, you know, around 10 to 15 minutes uh, just to give you the, the meat of the subject at the time. And if I'm have to go a little bit longer, I typically just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop right here, tune in, and we'll talk about this next week. Awesome. Well, the stuff that this this podcast talks about, it's all about tech for the mm-hmm. most part. And, and in a way, it's like current news in tech, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, Twit TV, yeah. uh, that's, that's T-W-I-T. That's short for This Week in Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Leo Laporte started this many, many years ago. I'm thinking it's been about 15 years, something somewhere along those lines. And his the flagship show that comes on Sundays is called Twit This Week in Tech. And we base a lot of our content throughout the week on consumer technology, whether it's the latest iPhone, the latest Samsung phone, the latest MacBook, the latest um, the Chromebook, uh, Android device, uh, this, it's all consumer tech related. And we do have some enterprise level uh, tech discussions on there, whether you get into security, uh, like information security uh, or, um, or uh, enterprise IT, yeah. where you're dealing with databases and encryption. software as a service and encryption and all of that. I mean, we, we cover the gamut pretty 
pretty well regarding the world of technology. Um, even have a lot of open source and uh, Linux based discussions as well. You know, for people that like to use Linux instead of using Windows or Mac, we have a show dedicated to free open source software that comes on every Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like opening up a magazine. You know, where you you're, you go to somebody's house and you pick up that magazine, and then next thing you know, you're like sitting there, you're like cover to cover, basically. Yep. Yeah, it's all really interesting, and it's quite entertaining because, uh, as we were talking about perspective earlier, right. um, you have, uh, especially with the roundtable, you have the different perspectives from different people, and you guys sometimes debate things there. And I, I find it really entertaining. Um, <laughs> it's almost like, you know, hanging out, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. That, that's been the, the approach that the network has tried to continue to have over the many years because I've, I've only been working. It'll, it will be officially a month um, in September of 2020. Wow. that I've been an employee there, but I've been a fan for, you know, well over 10 years. And throughout those 10 years as, as a fan, I've seen how Twit has tried to put the shows out in the format of being conversational, uh, discussion-based, and not necessarily a news broadcast, if you will. Now, granted, we do have a news show that comes on every week, hosted by my two coworkers. Um, but even that, is a little bit more discussion based. It's just a whole different approach and it makes it a little bit more personal, yet we're still authoritative in our message. Um, people come there to find out what's been going on because we we have the knowledge in a lot of the stuff regarding tech and we share our perspectives as well as share the facts. It's it's pretty amazing. How cool is that though, Ant, that you're a big fan of the show for like ten years, right? And yeah, then you get yeah. to be on the show. How did that happen, if you don't mind? Oh, wow. It's a um, it's a long story, but I will try to give you the, the short version, the abridged version. Um, I started out, I got interested in photography again um, several years ago, back when I had this smartphone. No, actually, it was a little bit before that. But the smartphone really made me more interested again, and it was with the Droid X Android phone. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that phone or however many years ago that was, but that phone just sort of piqued my interest. And I started to shoot more with it and share more things, uh, more of the video or photographs that I was shooting. And people started to notice it. And then I started blogging about it and people started to notice the blog. And there was some, there was a particular blog that I started reading years ago. And I would, for me, when I'm reading reading different websites, whether it's CNN or whatever, I don't read CNN, not CNN often, but <laughs> whatever web, website yeah. that I'm reading, and if something prompts me to comment on it, I will comment on the site because I know that writer likes to get the feedback. They want to know, okay, what, what did I write and how did you enjoy it? And so this particular site that I was reading at the time, I was found myself commenting pretty regularly and I got a message from the editor in chief and there was like, you know what, you could come write for us. You keep commenting on the site. You might as well just <laughs> just write for us. And that just started this whole snowball effect of opening some other doors on the side of um, freelance uh, technologists and free freelance just covering different uh, 
stories, whether it be enterprise IT or photography or mobile video, what have you, just whatever I was interested in. And it just led to writing at Tech Republic. And then that led to getting an interview on um, Twit TV. They read an article that I had written for techrepublic.com about drone um, video and said, hey, would you like to be on the show this week? And we interview you about this article and you can share your tips, so on and so forth. And then it just kept growing from there. And I was a, a guest on that sh- on that network uh, a lot more often, um, whether it was just to, to sit in on one of those two-hour shows or just to s- share my tidbits on a particular segment. And it just, the relationship just kept growing and they reached out to me and was like, hey, um, yeah, would you like to join the team? And I'm thinking, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so ever since then, uh, like I said, it'll be a year, September 2020. And if anyone out, if anyone asks me about it, I always tell them the same thing. I am living and working my dream. It is. It's just I, I have no complaints. I get up every day, even during this pandemic, and I walk in here to my little home studio and I start working. But at the same time, I realize I am working and living my dream. And that means that there are not enough hours in a day for you to get and play <laughs> as much as you want to, right? <laughs> I have no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, 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 I do fairly well with it because prior to coming to Twit, I've been in the enterprise IT side of things. I worked in IT for 17 years, I think, something like that. And mm. most of my professional career, I was working at home because I could just get more done working at home and not in an office dealing with the stupid politics of, of an office and interruptions and things like that. So I worked at home most of the time. So I'm, I'm used to just being in here and putting on my, my work hat, if you will, and getting down to business. It, it's just no big deal to me. I mean, I literally... Well, not recently, but most of the time I get up and I get dressed as if I'm going to the office or going to the studio, you know, even though my studio is just 20 feet from my bedroom, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah. And you never know what can happen. Just like Mm -hmm. in an office where, you know, all of a sudden you got to go meet meet with somebody or something like that. You don't want to say, well, hold on, let me take a shower. Let me get dressed. Let me, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So So I I just carry on. It's just. You know, it's just just like any other person that would get up and make the commute to their workplace, you know. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, self-employed for many, many, many years. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of times I worked in in somebody else's office, though, Uh and then I could work at home. And I have a pretty good work ethic, I think, um, because I've been able to maintain it. But my attitude has just been the same. So when this pandemic hit, um, I remember people saying, you know, oh, my God, I got a stock on this and that. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I've had I've been living on Costco <laughs> for a long time because, you know, when you're self-employed, you don't get like, um, you know, your budget is different. 
you right. know, it's no so. big deal for you. This is this is the norm, <laughs> right? You always buy, you know, uh, uh, thirty six rolls of toilet paper <laughs> at a time. Um, but anyway, uh, let me ask you this really quick here. Uh, sure. Well, let me not ask you this really quick. Let me ask you a very kind of important question um, okay. uh, on what. Because you were talking about your droid phone and you mentioned photography and you mentioned a little bit of video. Tell us about mm-hmm. what mobile did for you. And then if you don't mind somehow tying that into your passion for stories. Sure. Well, that mobile phone, um, I can remember the, the shot that I took and if I could find it, I would send it to you. Uh, but I remember the photograph that I took. I was taking a little 10 minute smoke break, whatever you want to call them. You know how every office place has the 10 minute breaks that you can take. Yeah. I don't smoke, but I took the break anyway. Right. And I went out and we had a little pond in the back of the 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 facility and it, and it just had a nice little walkway so you could walk around and get some some laps in. And so I'm walking around the pond and it was just a beautiful day. The sun was just just perfect. It wasn't super cloudy, wasn't super bright, it was just perfect. And I snapped that shot of the with my Droid X and later on that night I shared it online somewhere. I I, I guess it was Flickr or something. I don't know, but I shared it online and people loved it. And so I said, huh, I'll I'll try this again another day. And I tried it again another day because it just felt right and everything looked right. Snapped it, shared it again. And people was like, wow, that looks really good. And so I'm thinking, well, you might be pretty good at this. So I just kept kept shooting and kept going out there. And then I realized that phone shot HD. Um, I think it was 720p at the time. And I said, wow, so if I can shoot video with this, what can I do with it? So I would shoot little random videos of my family um, and figured out how to edit clips together using Windows Movie Maker and just had a bunch of little random clips and what little cuts and things like that. And and people was wondering what kind of camera you had. And I said, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you did that with a phone? I said, yeah, this is HD. Why can't I do it with the phone? You know, and it just sort of clicked for me that um, I'm not going to be Steven Spielberg or any of these other big movie creators. Or I, I, I never assumed I was going to be a, a Trey Ratcliffe or another big time photographer. So I said, I'm just going to make the most of what I have and just see if I can grow. And at the time, I couldn't go out and buy brand new DSLRs and things like that. So I'll just, just use what you got and maximize it as best I could. And that's what I did. And it, and it just became a passion. And then it just got to a point where I felt I, I should go ahead and share this stuff because people continue to ask, how do you do this? How did you do that? And I, I just wrote the blogs and said, you know what? I need to get into this and start sharing more. And as I'm sharing more, I'm learning more about myself and realized this video worked better than the other one because there was a storyline with it. Um, it wasn't just a meme. You know, memes are really popular, but memes are, and this is going to sound crass, memes memes are viral. Virals don't last forever. There's no legacy behind viral. I'd like to create something that's going to stand, you know, 
stand up a couple of years later, uh, not just be a bit of a one hit wonder. And the only thing that does that are good stories. And so I just tried to dive into it more from a storyteller's perspective. And even down with my photographs, I said, you know what, I don't want to take snapshots. I got to stop taking snapshots. And I look back at the old things that I used to shoot and there were so many snapshots in there and I cringe, but it's okay. It was part of the learning process. And I got better at learning how to work on my framing and learning how to look at um, different angles, different point of view and perspective. And it, it would tell a different story based on your framing, based on the perspective. And if you turn it into a video mode, it just made it even more dynamic. If you um, looked at the different perspectives and the different angles or nowadays different shutter shutter speed, things like that. That's amazing. There, there's something that you just um, said um, about the the perspective and the story that I kind of want you to elaborate a little more on. Um, mm-hmm. Because, but first of all, if you don't mind, what is, just for our listeners, explain what is the difference between a photograph and a snapshot? Okay. All right. So let's take a look at, all right, from as far as photographs and snapshots. Snapshots are photographs, I, I, I will say that, but a compelling photograph is not a snapshot. If you look at social media, 90% of the images you're going to see in your feed are snapshots, depending on who you follow. If you follow a bunch of professional photographers, um, they're not going to give you a lot of snapshots. They're going to give you an image that they sat down with the camera and thought about the framing. They thought about the mood that they're trying to invoke, thought about the post-processing and, and all of that. And typically, they, they, the really good ones, they have it, they've, they've gone through that thought process within a few seconds or a few minutes, like really, really quickly, and click the shutter and boom, you have this image. And then they, most of the time, throw it into post-processing, whether it's Photoshop, Lightroom, Affinity Photo, or what have you, to enhance the vision that they had when they snap that photograph. Now, compare that to a snapshot, uh, selfies. A lot of selfies are snapshots. They, they, it is what it is. It's just a snap in time, and there's, there's nothing else to it. I was here. Um, people that take photographs of their food at dinner time, it's a snapshot. It's just, this is what I had for dinner. Now, take a food photographer, okay? A food photographer crafts that shot. They will put down the plate in a certain angle. They will move the berries 20 degrees left. They will spritz um, water droplets on the food. They will make sure that they have lighting that's, that's 90 degrees to the right and it's diffused because they're trying to show a, s- a specific mood. They're trying to show a specific time of day that you can look at that and see, oh, this is breakfast time. This is what breakfast is supposed to look like. Hmm, I wonder what that tastes like. So it just evokes a lot of different emotions and it makes you ask a lot of different questions and it just makes you dig a little bit deeper about the shot. Whereas with the selfie, you see that selfie and you tap on it and you scroll. You just keep scrolling. Um, that's the difference. Snapshots, you, you'll tap it for the like and you keep scrolling. But a photograph, you'll stop and you'll look at it. 
you'll comment on it, and you'll look at it one more time, and then you'll scroll away. And you spent five times more time on that photograph versus that snapshot. So the next time you're scrolling through Instagram, check out your, 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 your uh, behavior with it. Because I know I do the same thing. And there's so many times my thumb is just worn out from swiping and scrolling so much um, because there's so many snapshots in there. But you'll notice when something stops you. Um, it could be something that's very personal to someone. And the image may be, uh, from a technicality standpoint, not all that great. But it made you stop because there was a story there. And I'm not just talking about the caption that they write, if anything, but it made you stop. And that's the difference between a snapshot and a nice storytelling, captivating photograph. There is a relationship. There's always a relationship um, between, there's, there's, there's like three characters in, behind every photo. There's your subject, which could be a person. Um, mm. There's the lens, right? And then mm. there's you. And, mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the perspective is, is yours, but it really carries through all the way into that particular photograph or video or whatever it is that, that you're getting. And I think, I think by, you know, um, people have a relationship and you can tell with their cameras, uh, whether it's a mobile camera, right. Or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, for example, it's very hard for me to go somewhere and not shoot photos, you know, yeah. and I have photos that I've, you know, ever since I was a kid, I would take, you know, photographs of things. And it was more about the act of taking a photo than it is, it was anyways, for me to go back and look at those photos. There are a lot of photos that I've shot over the last, let me just, let me just say this one year, right? There's a lot okay. of photos that I shot this year that unless I bump into it later, I haven't gone back to look at. And, and I think right. that has a lot to do with, um, like, remember when we used to print photos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. they sit in these photo albums. Like, I know my parents had photo albums. And yep. every once in a while, I'd go to their house and I would open up one of those things. But I, I didn't have that. It wasn't, um, but it still was sort of like bumping into it. Yep. You know, but there's, there's something... There's a little bit of some some energy or some vibe or something that while you're taking that photograph, just, you know, if you can't move the subject, like, for example, if it's a tree, you can't move the tree to get good lighting, right, on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. you move yourself around until it looks right. And there's mm -hmm. that interaction. It's almost like a relationship, and then you capture it. And then you look at it, you know, you do look at it while, you know, maybe for the rest of that day, you'll look at it a few times. But then once you like file it, right, basically, you don't look around at mm -hmm. it too much. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree with you 100 percent. And um, I've had this a very similar discussion about this in the past. Uh, <sighs> printing, printing photos did make a difference for people. Um but most photographers in general, there's it's no different from a bodybuilder that feels the need to work out. 
um, you know, or a fitness pro that just feels the need to just hit the gym. They're in damn good shape already, but they are sick when they can't get into that gym or go get that morning run in or that evening run in. Photographers are the same way. It is a a way of exercising a, a, a different set of muscles where you're framing up the shot and working on your craft and checking out the light at this hour, checking out the dew and the mist at this hour and, you know, and, and studying scenes that you've, you've walked over a gazillion times and noticed that it's different every single time. Uh, it's just, it's just in us. And that's, that's, that's when you know people really, really love photography because you'll go through those motions and those repetitions and you may look at those shots one time. <laughs> and that's it. And you leave it and you leave it and you don't share it. You know, there's so many pictures on my computer right now, terabytes and terabytes of, of images that no one has ever seen or, or ever will see because that's not what they were for. They were for me. That was just me in the act. And similar to you, I, that motion just really does excite me. But even beyond that, I'm more excited about the actual processing part of it than the final image. I always have been. I don't know why, but I feel that way about photographs and I feel that way about video as well. I love sitting in Premiere. I love going through figuring out how I'd like to make cuts. I'd love going through and figuring out how I'd like to how I would like to color grade at this particular scene, you know? It just before even thinking about it being uploaded or published or anything like that, I'm just oh, man, I love this spot, you know, just <laughs> it's just my happy place, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like a turn on, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I used to uh, do a lot of um, event. I used to get paid for it, um, but I would do mm-hmm. them anyways. Um, event videos. <clears throat> yep. During event videos, what really is exciting is that there's a lot there and it's always moving. Um, and one of the things that, uh, that I knew that my clients loved to get photos of is, so with videos, it's, um, when people are talking and they're excited because, um, when event videos are, you're basically capturing a lot of, uh, B-roll. Um, and the B-roll is, it is always adding. So if you know your client is putting on this event, they want to see, happy people, active, yep. interacting. So mm-hmm. um, I Vibrance. would do, yeah, right? <laughs> so, and I knew because then I, not only was I the videographer, I was also the editor as well sometimes. And I would, you know, have to mm-hmm. put together a lot of B-roll that were really, they ended up, you know, liking in the cut <clears throat> was the, um, the, the shots of, people interacting, even if the camera was moving around them, but showing their hands and their eyes looking intently into one another and laughing and smiling or having oh, yeah. deep conversations that even even if they weren't smiling, you could tell in their eyes, you know, that they were right. in tune with right. each other. And the hand movements when someone's uh, behind the microphone and they're talking vibrantly. But with the photographs, those over-the-shoulder shots, uh, there's a thing about distance. Uh, you ever seen those movies where you see a, a someone chasing someone, like a cop chasing someone, right? 
And from yeah, a particular yeah. angle from behind, it looks like they're right on top of each other. But then you yep. see them from across the street, and they've got like a mile in between. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so exactly. So when I was shooting um, for that, I, I always liked shooting up close and getting people over the shoulder and things because it looks like they're standing so much closer together than right. when you're capturing them from the side talking to one another, you know, from yep. a distance. But um, I think the my excitement with event videos was actually that, videos and, and photographs. And now when we have our film festival, um, I sometimes forget, you know, uh, our uh, Aaron Nabus, who's our brand ambassador, part mm-hmm. of the team, he's usually there with his, he uses a Samsung. It's an Android. Right. And he also has an iPhone. So sometimes he, he sets up the iPhone on the tripod, but he's, you know, his favorite is his Android phone, right? And it can, mm-hmm. actually comes out nicer. And I don't know why, <laughs> but the <laughs> Samsung always ends up coming out. I think it's because it's newer than his iPhone. And um, he's capturing the video. And sometimes while there's someone up on stage, you know, talking, you know, making announcements and presentations, I'm sort of on the side and I'm pulling out my phone and taking pictures of them from my point of view being next to them at the same time. And I don't realize that I'm being captured doing that. And I always laugh. It's like, oh, there's me like (laughs) taking, you know. <laughs> Which is, I it's not something you see too often. Oops, I mean, they I saw don't. me doing that. Yeah, it's like, oh, geez, you know. But then those are different perspectives that are kind of yeah. cool later. So I'm kind of my own little event photographer, even though we have them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, what is your favorite um, uh, type of photography and videography that you prefer doing? say, uh, with iPhone, not iPhones, but whatever you use, what is your smartphone? My smartphone now at this time of recording is the Pixel 4 XL. Oh, those come (laughs) out with some really good uh, photos too. It's a a really nice camera. Um, The phone is way overpriced. It's not worth what it was priced, but the camera is still really, really great on this thing. Um, but my favorite genre for photography is still street photography. I love it. You know, granted, I do love landscape, but street photography is the best because of it's just so many stories there. Um, I used to live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I would love to go to downtown Charlotte and shoot street photography because what some people don't realize is Charlotte, North Carolina is like one of the financial capitals of the U.S. Um, I think it's like number two right behind Wall Street in New York. So you have a lot of bankers walking around. You have a lot of happy bankers walking around. You have a lot of stressed bankers walking around. A lot of big business happening there. And it was always fun for me to go to Charlotte and just, I would camp out um, on a corner, essentially. A lot of street photographers will walk and walk and walk and shoot as they're walking. And I do that from time to time. But with Charlotte, there was a particular corner um, that I love to camp out on and just go there first thing in the morning and watch the people as they are arriving for work. And you get all of the different emotions and 
and, and story of people arriving to work, people arriving for work on time, people arriving for work late, people arriving for work hungover. Um, so that's four different scenarios. And you can imagine the different uh, appearances of the people that yeah. are probably going to the same building, probably going to the same job, but you got four different appearances and expressions that you're dealing with. And then you take that and flip it to lunchtime. People are coming out starving. You know when they're hungry. People are coming out a little bit um, relieved. Like, thank goodness I needed this break. Um, you know, and then when they're going back to lunch, that's another story. And then you have the story of people um, at the end of the day. Uh, I know the typical uh, hours of work for most people, they assume it's 9 to 5, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Well, what about the people that don't get out at 5 p.m.? So you have the story of the people getting out at 5 p.m. and the looks on their faces and they're elated or they're angry because they may have just gotten fired. Um, the deal didn't go through that they were trying to make. Um, or you even have the people that didn't get out at 5 o'clock and you see them again at 5.30 or 6 p.m. and they're angry because they couldn't get out earlier. Um, or take that this is the end of the day on a Friday going into the weekend. And that's a whole other story because everybody's looking forward to happy hour and Friday night and the weekend. And you won't see hardly any down faces on that particular day. So street photography is just like a gold mine for beautiful images and stories. Just you, you can't, you can't go shoot street photography and, and come up empty handed. It's almost impossible and you can do the same thing with video because you have the perspective of shooting the low angles and just watching the feet. This, I know this sounds weird, but watch the feet oh, of the people going to work. And you can see the cadence. Just see how fast they're walking, trying to get to the office on time. Watch, And then watch the same people leaving. They're not moving as fast. It's a little bit more leisurely, you know, eh, I'm done for today, you know, so I don't have to rush to my car unless there's someone that lives way on the other side of the town and they're trying to beat the traffic, you know, but it's, it's a different cadence, you know. It's true. I remember the opening of some of the old movies where they would open up the scene, the street, the hustle and the bustle with the feet. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> yeah. guys and the, and the women with their skirts and the guys mm-hmm. with their slacks and their shiny shoes type thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, on the sidewalks. Wow. And see, when, when you said street photography, you know what I pictured? I was picturing you, something like in San Diego where you see, um, like, street art, basically. Okay. And, yeah, that's, that's uh, part of it, too. Yeah. Just like in the, the um, when we had our, our, our launch of our mobile film school here in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, one of the projects that, um, that, that I... I just threw this out there. I was like, hey, I have an idea for a project. We were downtown in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And the deal was that shooting all the different uh, doors and windows okay, uh, to every structure that we came along. And then we would put them all together in one sequence. And so you could see the difference in between them. And there were so many different uh you wouldn't imagine this. They're just doors and windows. Right. And they were all different. Some of them were, you know, some of them were tagged, 
you know, some of them were old and rustic, you know, mm -hmm. some of them were like brand new and just very generic looking and others just depending on the angle that 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 they were shot looked pretty cool. It was also a little uh, it was it was almost sunset time. So the lighting was sort of changing as well at the end mm -hmm. of that day. And w then we mm -hmm. stopped at Starbucks and, you know, broke out our laptops and put it in iMovie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, but. Yeah, it, it that's what I was picturing when you were saying that. But so so basically it's the people though, right? That you like most of the time it is the people because um if you're if you're not including people in your street photography, there's a lot of other variables that you have to depend on to get the story. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Um say that I want to take a a a, a nice photograph of a uh, of a wall that's got this mural on it depending on the time of day that i go there that mural is not going to look as good because of the lighting um it's not going to look as good if there's a gazillion people walking past it trying to get to the venue and things like that you know it takes away from it potentially um so yeah i, I have no problem with shooting different uh inanimate objects as part of street photography or walls or mural or art that I see statues and things like that, because it is all a part of it, but I get more joy out of, um, shooting people, uh, because they're, it's, it's a lot more candid and <laughs> it can be quite entertaining at times when you look at it from my perspective, because I, I have no idea what's going through their head at that time. But I could take a guess based on the exposure that I captured, you know? True. Well, mm -hmm. and if you're on a public street, I just have this thing. Um, it's part of my, my video uh, work where I'm always asking permission, uh, even in public, for people. But mm -hmm. now, you know, like um, years ago, it was hard to just walk into a store and, and shoot videos and take photos and things like that. They would get mad it would tell you not right. to do that because you know you're shopping right, you for the competition or something right yeah you need um, a permit. yeah well that too but i mean inside of retail stores and things like that they thought you were uh from the competition right and you were coming yep. in there to see what they had on sale and then you were going to go and beat that price at you know with your of boss course. uh but nowadays and i still still ask it's it's their property you know what i mean it's their business so i still ask is it okay if i like it was like petco or something there were turtles in a fish tank and i was like is it okay if i get a little video of your turtles they were like little baby ninja turtles <laughs> and they were like yeah why are you asking you know so now i'm the weirdo that stands out but a long time ago it was completely the opposite you know it's um, totally different from what it used to be. Yeah, it, it really is. It's to be expected. But it makes it, you know, now we're getting into the point with all the, you know, the gear, you know, the gimbals and, and the microphones and, yeah. you know, all these things where someone could be vlogging, but maybe they're just like doing something for their personal YouTube or maybe yeah. they're not. Maybe they're experimenting. So now we're at this little bit of a revolving door where people yep. don't know really what's going on 
you know. I, I think it's, but the thing is, I believe this can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely changed from years ago, but at the same time, uh, social media has heightened the the interest of the, the bystanders, if you will, because some people are assuming that you're a threat to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying a physical threat, but just a threat to their privacy. Right. And I understand that, and I can't speak for other photographers, but for myself, when I'm doing the street photography, I am purposely heck, this is actually whenever I'm out. I'm purposely wearing bright colors. I usually have on like an orange t-shirt, orange sweatshirt, something something of that nature. I'm 6'2", 230 pounds, black dude, bald head. I stand out already, mm-hmm. but I try to put a, a orange sweatshirt on or orange t-shirt on or something like that just so they know I am there. And yes, I have a camera in my hands. And a lot of times just that, brutal honesty diffuses potential situations of uncomfort for people. Um, so they know I'm shooting and they know that I'm not trying to hide and, and do something, uh, you know, mischievous with it. You know, it's just, I'm out there for the art. Yeah. And if it, if they're children, I don't shoot children. Hey, right. matter, matter of fact, most of the time I don't shoot faces most of the time, but every now and then I do shoot faces. And when I do, I try to shoot it at the perspective to where they still have their privacy guarded. Um, you know, you can see that there's a person there and you can see an expression, but you may not know that person. It may be debatable who that person is, you know, yeah. but when it's children, I, I try my best not to shoot images of children. Uh, just because of what has happened with online um, perverts and things like that. So, Well, even in schools, like, you know, I've taught uh, mobile filmmaking in schools. Yep. And I always get the permission from parents mm-hmm. before I do anything. And um, I remember I was at, at one school. It was like a middle high school or something. And I there were... I don't know, there were like 60 kids in the room. They brought in two separate classrooms to hear my thing. And in the photos, I went back and I blurred uh, their faces where you could see them. Because I didn't have the permissions. No consent. Exactly. Even though the teacher and the kids all said it was fine. I said, yeah, but, you know, for example, there's divorce, right? Yep. And there are parents whose children are, the children may not even know it, that, that yeah. are sort of not, you know, you have to get consent from both legal guardians. Sometimes if parents are divorced, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. saying it, it's, there's oh, scenarios I that I probably respect uh, more than random people do sometimes when it comes to these things because... I know how these things work, and I really have a respect for people. So when it comes to kids, even though sometimes one parent will say, yeah, yeah, it's fine, I still, I'm still kind of like, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that in public, children, you don't have the right to, right. to include them. Where, where adults, you, you know, hey, you're in public, you're, yep. you know, walking my way, you see I'm in a ca- I got a camera yeah. in front of me, yeah. and public you're still street. doing it, yeah. But when it comes to minors, no, it's not okay, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know that. And I think yep. they should be listening to this podcast to know. <laughs> <laughs> they will know now. <laughs> right. Talk a little bit about branding and, and marketing because you're really good at this. <laughs> I think I got you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a happy well, fool then. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. But branding is, uh, I hate it that a lot of people confuse branding with logos. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the same. A logo is, yeah, it's a part of your brand, but your logo isn't your brand. And people have to understand that branding is your message, your, your mission that, that, that goes along with everything that you do in your business. It goes along with how you create your art. It goes along with how you present your art to the masses. It goes along with how you service clients or, or how you prospect for potential clients, how you work off of refer referrals, how you work with the rest of the creative community. It is, it is who you are. It is your core being, you know, that, that is, that is your brand. Um, the simplest way to break that down is some people, their brand is being a jackass they, <laughs> that they are what they are. And then there are other people that are just, their brand is, they're the nicest people you ever meet. That is their brand, you know? Yeah. That's the simplest way to put it, you know, but it's, there's a lot more nuance where you have, you take a, a, let's say, take an Apple, since we were talking about iPhone, take an Apple. Yeah. Apple's brand is, is a brand of excellence. When you look at Apple's um Let's just take their hardware out of the picture. Don't even look at their iPhone. Don't even look at their MacBook or the iMac or any of that. Look at the box that it comes in. It is white, black lettering or gray lettering, very little um, extra information on that box. Even the cardboard is, is classy. Right. Everything is so simple and clean. Because it says, you know what, we don't have to cover up all of our mistakes <laughs> and <laughs> imperfections. We're just going to give you this beautiful, clean box that's going to have an amazing product in it. All right. So that's one thing. That's their branding. Their branding is excellence. And they stand behind that all the way down to we'll take a look at the hardware. We'll look at, say, the 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 old Apple Mac from like the 1980s or the old uh, Apple IIe. Apple cared so much about the excellence to where if you cracked open those computer cases, the wiring was arranged pretty, just, just unbelievably clean and neat. They didn't want the wires to just be sort of thrown in there as everything was being connected to the motherboard. Um, Steve Jobs and was, was pretty adamant about, we want this to look good on the outside but we also want it to look good on the inside because if you take care of the inside, you know the outside is going to be good. You know, it's just a bit of pride. It's a bit of excellence. That's the Apple brand. Um, Very it's true. not just the fact that they have iPhones. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Their brand goes beyond the iPhone, you know, and that's, that's the difference between knowing what your brand is and what your mantra is, if you will, and, and putting it out there versus just, eh, I made a logo for myself. <laughs> right. 
What if, uh, what if, uh, say, one of our listeners is is starting, because it it gets confusing. So let's say, um, mm-hmm. a film is a product, a movie is a product. Yep. Just like your photos are a product of right. of you, basically, right? Right. right. Um, and so, you know, would they would they create? I, I see a lot of filmmakers who, not just mobile filmmakers or anything, just filmmakers, right? They create a, say, Twitter or Facebook page just for that film. And um, and I my advice is always to just brand that as yourself, as a part of yourself, unless you have a company, right, that right. you want to brand. But even if you have a company then you have a page for that company that has products, each film, yeah. instead of just doing each. Ind- what would you say um, about that to our listeners? And you can totally contradict me. I'm fine. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. It's, 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 ooh, it depends. <laughs> it depends because I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, let's take Michael Bay. All right. Michael Bay is an, an, an incredible director and his brand is just how well he directs his movies even down to the infamous um not michael bay um jj abrams oh okay comes down to the infamous um lens flare whenever you say jj abrams people in the creative side of the world they always think of lens flare because all of his movies just have a a, a touch of lens flare and whatever scene it is, no matter what. It, it looks good to him, and that's what he likes to put in there. Um, it's so like he's his got, signature, right? Right, right. It's his signature. So he has his brand of, of, of how he does work, and if he was to do different do social media pages, he'll have a page for himself. He's going to have a page for the Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then he's going to have another page for the... Uh, I don't know what another I can't think of another movie off the top of my head, but say his movie from 2015, that'll be another page. Right. He, he's not going to lump those two together because it's two separate products and it's a whole lot of different um, analytics behind it as far as marketing goes. And they can track all that to help build upon the next product that he's trying to put together and get that marketing squared away. And then you go back to his personal page. He will mention, yeah, go check out my page for the movie from 2015. Okay, yeah, go check out my page for the movie from 2018. Um, He'll mention those two different products on his personal brand, but he's separating them out into two different silos for his own analytics. You know, that's that's stuff that can be used to help build up the next piece of the puzzle, the next um, product for him. And some people can get away with that. Some cannot. Personally, speaking from my own experience, I have my own LLC and things of that nature, but I keep everything under one roof for me because I think I am my products. Yes, I create create, um, art, but in addition to that art, you're also buying me. If it, when it comes down to, hey, I'd like to order one of your prints. Okay, you're also ordering a piece of Aunt Pruitt. That's about how I look at it. So I, I lump everything together, and I work pretty hard on my brand 
you know, saying, you know, this is what I created. And my mantra of I'm out here just trying to create art, but I'm also trying to to dominate the opposition in front of me. And I'm not saying I'm trying to be better than the Glenn Dewis's of the world or the Rick Salmon's of the world or anything like that. That's not what I mean by dominate the opposition. My opposition is Photoshop doesn't want to act right today, but I'm not going to let Photoshop whoop me. <laughs> Seize you the know. day with Photoshop. <laughs> you know, um, you know, just, just yeah. that's just how I go at it. You know, I'm having a, uh, at the time of recording this, I am struggling right now as we speak. My mouth and face is, is sore because I had oral surgery last week. I had to have a oh. tooth removed. But I'm going to dominate my day regardless of this headache, regardless of my mouth being sore. I'm going to do this 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 podcast because I'm freaking happy to be here and honored to be here. <laughs> and I'm going to dominate this podcast. Well, you, know, you, so that's, you, that's my you beyond dominated. You rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But no, but that's just that's just my but that's that's what I'm saying when yeah. when it comes to my brand and when someone wants to to partake in any of my creative works, whether it's my podcast or, or, or any order in prints or asking me to come and do a um, promo video for their small business or something like that, they're getting that final product, but they're also getting me and the work that I put into it that's behind the scenes and the, the, the sweat and the love and the the moments of me smiling to myself and I say, oh man, this looks good, you know, yeah. <laughs> while I'm in the edit bay, you know, that's, that's, that's branding, you know, and that's, that's just my mantra with it. That's, um, that's the art. And you, we were talking about that in, in photography earlier, mm-hmm. you're living that moment. You know, you're making the best of that moment. Like when you're behind the camera, you know, or or for me or for our listeners who may be behind Mm -hmm. the camera. Um, We're we're getting close to an hour. And I now that I hear that you just went through oral surgery, too. um, You're good. Don't don't worry. I can talk all night. So I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Well, then let's go for another three hours. No, I think our listeners would be like, what? (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) You have had some podcasts, some episodes, um, and some of our listeners know this, have gone, I think the last one was like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was probably one of the longest ones. Um, The lady's name, but I remember listening to it. Yes. uh, Kimberly Hart. Uh, from she had a funny accent. Was she Australian she, or New she's, Zealand? Well, actually, she's from New Zealand, but she lives in Australia. Okay. Yes, and she was here in San Diego, actually, and she was, uh, you know, it's just ironic how the last live event film festival that we had, and I'm not going to say the last, last, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but it was just so amazingly epic, right? Just to just to sound like a dork here, but it was just epic because it turned out to be so wonderful. And everyone that came, right, got along. It was like bringing family in from all over the place, right, mm-hmm. that hadn't seen each other in years, even though these people had never seen each other in person before, <laughs> And they walked away feeling um, it was almost emotional, 
you know, when everybody was saying goodbye. It was like yeah. saying goodbye yeah. to your friends who mm-hmm. you don't know when you're going to see again. But yeah. at least there's social media to keep everyone in touch, you know. Right. And and they do, and that was part of the vibe that that was there that made everything so epic. But anyways, yes. Um, that was an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I got a little game I want to play with you. Would you like to play a game? Uh, should I be nervous? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even tell you about this. Um, it's, it's a 20 second shout out game. Okay. So basically (laughs) totally, this is why I, I try to surprise you with this because you know you know have you ever been to the oscars you know when they give you the award <laughs> uh, no <laughs> <laughs> right um i don't but, think i have right i'll see um, if i can go to it next year though. <laughs> well remember last year when you received the emmy <laughs> well and you're getting behind the microphone and you have to thank everybody right and you're giving shout outs to people and then they start playing the music like hello wrap it up you know um, it's kind of like that, but what happens is like what people don't tell you is like when they get away from the microphone and they go sit back down with everybody, they're like that night or later they get a text. Mom, it's like, I can't believe you didn't name me. <laughs> oh, no, I only I was going to name you. You were on my list. Right. So the 20 second shout out gives you a chance totally put on the spot. And if anybody says, I can't believe you didn't give me a shout out. It's like, she only gave me 20 seconds and put me on the spot. So (laughs) are you ready? I am ready. All right. So, and you don't have to time this. I'm doing all the work, all the tough work I'm doing on this end. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And go. All right, my mother, my family here in my household because they have to deal with me working long hours and deal with me doing weird things with the camera all at the snap of a hat, snap of a finger. And all of my uh, loyal listeners that are subscribed to my channel as well as all of the loyal listeners on the Twit Network. Oh, that's it. That was easy. That, that was, was easy. That was easy. You know, you actually, I was going, oh, you named your mother, right, first. Um, <laughs> she, she won't be texting you. <laughs> oh, no. She won't text me for this more than likely. She she texts me for other things. You know, she'll catch me on air. Um, you need to iron your shirt, boy. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> my mom will actually message me only on Facebook anymore. Uh, she, she just messages me there going, boy, that photo on, why are you so happy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm love happy, it. mom. I'm happy. Um, love it. Love it. <laughs> well, I want you to, you know, one thing that I want to let our listeners know, go to the notes um, and uh, check out, all the million different ways that you can follow uh, Ant. Um, (laughs) um, We'll have links to everything there. But also, you can follow Ant Pruitt. Why don't you just give out uh, your Twitter Twitter handle (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, and your Instagram? Sure. 
It's very easy. I am ant underscore Pruitt on both Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, pretty easy to find. Um, well, I shouldn't say that considering people are tagging the wrong Aunt Pruitt from time to time. So, yeah, Aunt underscore Pruitt. Ah, it's the underscore. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the other thing that I want people to know that if you go to, um, let me see, what is your website again? It's it's very simple. It's antpruitt.com. That's Spell it. it. Spell it. Uh, that's ant as in the insect. And my last name, Pruitt, P is in Paul, R, U, I, T is in Tom, T is in Tom, antpruitt.com. Awesome. Stop Lots saying that your name is like an insect. You're so far from being an insect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say it that way because people just assume that um, my name is really, really strange when it's just a shortened version of my name. That's all. Right. It's true. <laughs> but it, I think, remember the uh, musician, the the singer, Adam Ant? Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, from the 80s. <laughs> and, I, and I say, yeah, just think of Adam Ant. There you go, right? <laughs> Most people won't even know what who we're talking about, though. Most of the younger yeah, people anyways. Yeah, nowadays. Yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Although, you know, it's a thing to be into the 80s and vintage and all that, so... Tippies. Let me ask you one last question. If you had some serious, not that you haven't been serious, but heartfelt advice for an artist trying to make it with all this digital tech stuff and they just have a story they want to share and they want to make a film with their phone, Mm -hmm. what would your advice be? My very first advice with this is forget about the equipment. That, that's, it's actually two parts. Forget about the equipment because your equipment is good enough to tell a story. I don't care what it is. As long as it's not a potato, it's good enough to tell a story. Um, and secondly, don't think about the money. Don't think about the accolades. Don't think about the numbers. Just think about your story. Concentrate on that. And make that story really, really shine and come out in your voice. And as long as you do that, all of that other stuff that I said not to think about, it'll be there. It'll come. It, it, it just does. The second that I quit worrying about stats, analytics, and things like that, my career just kept changing. And, and I, I still live that way. I don't look at all of that stuff anymore. And I'm the happiest dude on the planet. That's awesome. And with that, say goodbye to everybody. (laughs) Hey, everybody, goodbye. But please be well. But most of all, do well. (laughs) 